0: Hi, everyone. I'm Ali, and this is Winging It, an Eagles podcast. We're going to do something different for today's episode. Usually I start off with, as always, I'm joined by Alex and Andrew, but today I am not. Don't worry, we did not have a falling out. We're going to be back and record our next episode on Thursday night, and I think you'll all be excited for our guest. The Philadelphia Eagles played the New York Football Giants a couple of days ago, and while we won, we saw a lot of the same issues that we saw all season long. The Eagles playing down to their opponents, keeping them in the game, and ending up winning a nail-biter at the end when it should have been a blowout from the get-go. And while I was sitting there watching the game, stressed out of my mind and upset, one of my best friends who is a Vikings fan was sitting right next to me and asks me this question. He goes, how does it feel to be down on an 11-4 team? In that moment, I had to reflect on why. Why was I so upset about an 11-4 and team that's playoff-bound for the third straight season under this head coach and quarterback combination? Why was I so upset about the team that's leading its division and has a chance at getting the number one seed if we have a couple of things go our way in the next two weeks? Why? In that moment, I had two epiphanies, which I'll share with you in this recording. The first one was about the Tush Push, and the second one was how I realized why I'm so frustrated about the 2023 Philadelphia Eagles offense. With that, let's get into it. God, don't, you don't know Before I get into it, I want to remind everyone that if you're not following us on our major platforms, please drop us a follow. So we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts under Winging It and Eagles Podcast. We're on Instagram and TikTok at wingin.it.pod. And finally, if you're watching this on YouTube, please smash that subscribe button and hit that notification bell so you don't miss another episode. Also, if you're listening to my beautiful, sultry voice, head on over to YouTube and please subscribe to our channel. Thanks. Okay. So the tush push. I've never been more wrong about a play than I have about the tush push or the brotherly shove, as it's cutely named. On Jason Kelsey's New Heights podcast, he was talking about how they brought in a Scotsman to work with the O-line and perfecting this play. And when he said that Coach Stoutland asked about how you could potentially stop this play, this man, this Scotsman, Richie Gray, goes, Coach, there's nothing you can do to stop this play. It's organized mass." And while I've been waiting for a team to figure out how to stop it, As I was watching the game, I realized the only person who will be able to stop it isn't a player, it's Roger Goodell. For anyone who isn't aware, the Tush Push, cutely named the brotherly shove, is a play where the Eagles offensive line lines up with seven men on the line of scrimmage, usually in the form of five offensive linemen and a tight end on the left side with a receiver on the right. Jalen Hurts is under center, and three men behind the line of scrimmage. Usually we'll see A.J. Brown, Alameda Zacchaeus, and DeAndre Swift, but we'll also see combinations of Dallas Goddard in the mix, and Jack Stoll will usually take his place in the tight end spot on the line of scrimmage. So why is this play so unstoppable? If you say it's because we have a quarterback that squats 600 pounds and the best offensive line in the league, I'd say that you're not alone in that thought. Heck, I had that thought. But here's why I think this is the most misunderstood play in the NFL. Jalen Hurts, while he can squat the house, is more of a passenger on this moving freight train than a contributor himself. This play has three key components in my mind. Number one is the combined effort of Jordan Milata, Landon Dickerson, or whoever's in that left guard position, and Jason Kelsey. And notice I didn't say Cam Jurgens or Lane Johnson. Number two is Jalen Hurts, along with this posse of people who push him. And number three is how the defenses that we've faced line up and how no one is able to stop parts one and part two. So let's start with number one. The next time we line up for the tush push, I want you to take note the Eagles rarely go up the middle behind Jason Kelsey. Most of the time, they actually go behind Milata and Dickerson and the strong side of this formation. And if you'll notice, Milata and Kelsey usually converge on Dickerson to create a human spear led by the left guard. They're not double teaming anyone, they're just bear crawling on their hands and knees and pushing forward and slightly to their right. And if there's any penetration from the right side, I think the Eagles have been pretty okay with that. And if any defensive linemen get lower than the Eagles, which I only saw on one play, those linemen usually just go over them and run them over. Number two is Jalen Hurts and his entourage. I used to think Jalen's ability to squat 600 pounds was what made this play possible, and I don't think that anymore. A lot of the time Jalen is just a passenger while his offensive line creates the railroad tracks for which the train to move on, and his receivers and running backs behind him are the proverbial conductors steering the train. Number three is why I think this play is never going to get stopped. Defenses load the A-gap over Jason Kelsey, and the only time I saw them do something different was when we played the 49ers, and the Winers maintained gap discipline with one player in each gap, and exactly what you thought would happen, happened. That player, in front of Dickerson and Mylotta got absolutely blasted by those three offensive linemen. I don't think this play is ever going to get stopped, which is sadly why I think it's going to get banned by the league. So that's the Tush Push. The second epiphany I had two days ago was why I hate our offense so much. And similar to how I structured why I think the Tush Push works because of three pieces, I'll organize why our offense is so inept because of two main reasons. The first is our use of the shotgun and how that impacts our run game whenever we decide to run the ball, and our play-action pass, a critical piece of our passing game that's non-existent in our offense. The second reason is our lack of use of motion. All of the stats I'm going to reference exclude the Giants game from a couple of days ago because I didn't have time to comb through the game film. So let's start with part one, how much we use the shotgun. To highlight how much we use the shotgun, we have had 14 pass plays that started from under center this season. For all you math whizzes out there, that equates to one play per game this season. And when we look at the number of rush plays that we ran that didn't start from the shotgun, the Eagles have a total of 61 total plays. That's about four rushing plays per game that were from under center or the pistol. That's not counting tush-push plays, by the way. For comparison's sake, the 49ers, Dolphins, Texans, and even the Cowboys run between 15 and 20 runs per game that are either from under center or the pistol. So why is this a problem? The problem is that the Eagles run inside zone running plays 53% of the time. We have running back designed runs. This is the first in the NFL, by the way. What is inside zone, you ask? Inside zone is a run concept designed specifically for running backs between the tackles, and its sole purpose is to get you three to four yards per run when you really, really need them. Not bad, right? Wrong. It's for this very reason why our offense is so in up this year because only 7.8% of inside zone running plays account for big plays in the NFL this season. Other concepts like jet sweeps, outside zone, counters, draws are much more explosive, but are all impossible or at least very difficult to run when you're operating from the shotgun. Why? Depth. Space. Football is a game where one team tries to create space while the other team tries to close that space. I learned that concept playing high school football. A running back who lines up next to the quarterback has less space and therefore less time to allow for blocking schemes to develop. DeAndre Swift is one of the most patient running backs I've ever seen. His patience and vision remind me of LaShawn McCoy. So we have one of the most explosive running backs in the league, and the times when we choose to use him, we're essentially tying both of his hands behind his back. We're taking his greatest strength, and hindering it by not giving him the microseconds he needs to evaluate which holes are developing and offering him cutbacks if need be. And unfortunately, that's one of the only running plays that we can call because we refuse to operate out of anything that's not out of the shotgun. Because of this, the Eagles are 21st in the league in generating explosive plays for running backs at about 1.7 plays per game. Contrast this from last season when we were generating explosive play after explosive play because we had a much more dynamic offense with plays like draws, counters, sweeps, etc. How else does this affect our offense? So play action pass is a concept designed essentially around deception. Your quarterback fakes as, a, as though he's about to hand the ball off to the running back, which causes linebackers and safeties to either commit to the run or freeze them in place. So how can play action passes be more effective? A quarterback's ability to sell the fake is one of his biggest weapons. And you see this in offenses like the 49ers, where Brock Purdy shows his back to the defense and fully commits to the bit as if he's truly handing off the ball. The Eagles run more shotgun plays than any other team as a function of their total plays, and yet we have one of the lowest explosive pass play percentages than any other team. Contrast this with top offenses in the league San Francisco, Miami, Houston. And even Dallas, as much as it pains me to say it, those offenses run shotgun below the NFL average, and yet they have the highest explosive pass play percentage out of all the other teams in the NFL. The whole system of play-action pass is designed to attack the middle of the field between 10 and 25 yards from the line of scrimmage, the void behind the linebackers and in front of the safeties. And because these completions are thrown over the middle, they result in higher chances of yards after the catch versus attacking a DB along the sideline like we do with A.J. Brown. When the Eagles run play-action pass, whereas always in the shotgun, where Jalen never turns around and shows his back to the defense, the ball is always in plain sight of the linebackers and safeties. And because of the quote-unquote fake, you know, takes so little time, our receivers' routes don't have enough time to develop, so we're left watching Jalen Hurts take what feels like an eternity to throw the ball while his receivers try to get open and he points to the back left corner of the end zone against the 49ers. The second reason why I hate our offense didn't actually come to me until I was watching the 49ers Ravens games. There was a stat that popped up that said 75% of 49ers plays use motion and that was second in the league behind, you guessed it, the Miami Dolphins. What is motion? Motion is when the quarterback tells one of his receivers to move parallel to the line of scrimmage from one spot to another. This does two very important things. The first one is it gives the quarterback a lot of pre-snap information. It tells him whether the defense is in man versus zone coverage, it tells him whether or not there's a potential blitz coming, and it also tells him potentially what coverage the defense is about to use if they don't do a good job of disguising it well. All of this information is very helpful to a quarterback who's worried about going through his progression and having in-sync timing with his receivers so he's able to deliver a ball in a spot on the field where his receiver is going to be. The second thing it does is it helps receivers create space. Remember, I said football is a game of creating space. Defensive back is, in my opinion, the hardest position in football behind the quarterback. And when you add that the guy that you're covering is running around before the play even begins, your job just became harder. Philadelphia, you guessed it, has the lowest motion percentage out of any team in the NFL, and we are the lowest by a wide margin. We're the only team in the NFL that's under 30%. So here we are. Our offense forces Jalen Hurts to react to what the defense is giving him in real time with no information pre-snap. Our receivers aren't able to get free releases, and the linebackers and DBs are free to play press coverage and make our receivers have to out-talent everyone. And at the core of my frustration is exactly this. We have such a talented team and we are asking them to just out-talent their opponents. To put it in a perspective that we all get, the 2023 Philadelphia Eagles are Rocky Balboa with Mickey as his trainer. All talent, no finesse, and no fundamentals. We can win, and at the end of the day, we do win more than we lose, but we get the bejesus kicked out of us in the process when we didn't have to. The only saving grace I have is I think there may be a light at the end of this tunnel. What I saw during the Giants game was an Eagles team in the fourth quarter who started to use motion a lot more. A team who is handing it to DeAndre Swift and Kenneth Gainwell from the pistol. I think a lot of the things that I just mentioned can be adjusted with simple coaching in time for the playoffs. At least I hope they will. Otherwise, I think we're going to be an early first round exit simply because. We were driving a Lamborghini, and we didn't know how to shift out of first gear. Thanks for listening. I'm Ali. Join us on Thursday, where we break down our upcoming game against the Cardinals. Go Birds, and please, for the love of God, stop running the shotgun so much.